everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. Hold on to your butt. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 344th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we welcome back Caleb Burnett for another installment of Dino Score, the music of the Jurassic franchise. And today, we're going to be revealing part three of our look at Jurassic World Dominion Score by Michael Giacchino. Uh, This is our final look, for now at least, uh, at Jurassic World Dominion's score. And uh, we're going to be rounding it out with the final 13 tracks of the score. The final 13. There are so many tracks on this. Um, But, you know, there are some truly, truly epic stuff in this portion of the album. And uh, and surely some music that will uh, get you really, really emotional So if you have not heard parts one and two yet, please go back and listen to those. There's some really great, um, well, first off, there's some really great tracks in there, some great music on the score. Plus, I I feel like Caleb and I have come across some really interesting things uh, across those two parts. And then we also do the same thing here today. So uh, I'll be sure to link those, though, in the the show notes um, so you can check those out over on Jurassic Park Podcast. Dot com, um, and it's been absolutely incredible looking at this film, this film here uh, with Caleb. And uh, I'm sad. I'm really sad that our look at Chiquino's Dominion score is coming to a close. So we really, really hope that you dig this one. So without further ado, let's complete our analysis of the score for Jurassic World Dominion by Michael Giacchino in Dino Score, the music of the Jurassic franchise. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Dino Score, the music of the Jurassic franchise. And today, we're going to be capping off our, our very long look at the score for Jurassic World Dominion. And to help out with that epic task of completing this saga here, I have Caleb Burnett here to take a look at all those musical details with me. Caleb, how are you doing right now? You doing good? Hey, I am I am good. Um, I'm filled with Jurassic excitement. Um, yeah. Because... It's 
Jurassic Park's 30th year. Mm. And we are we are also just off a brand new Jurassic film that we get to talk about and discuss. So there's just <laughs> there's just a lot of great things in the Jurassic world right now. So Yeah. yeah. You know, I think this is our first actual episode recording for this year so that's good last one came out this year but we recorded it prior to that so it's good to be in 2023 and recording about jurassic during the 30th anniversary year um and still talking about jurassic world dominion which is you know it's a movie that came and went so fast but yeah. i feel like there is still so much to discuss uh i mean we were just talking offline about you know the different themes and climate change aspects of the movie and stuff like that. So there's a lot still to discuss and analyze. And, um, you know, including today, we have a lot to discuss here with uh, 13 more tracks. We've got 13 more tracks, a lot of stuff Woo. going on here. And this is the finale. Um, and again, like we've said before, this is only the, the released, you know, music and stuff like that. So this is what we hear on the album uh, the physical copy I know has a lot less. There's like, I don't know, 10 or so less, uh, maybe even more. And then this one has like, what was it, like 32 tracks or something like that. So there's a lot on here. Got 13 to discuss tonight. And uh, some really epic stuff, some really great stuff as the movie comes to a conclusion here. Yeah, it's, it's an interactive CD-ROM. And it only holds 30 tracks. So <laughs> can't fit it all on uh <laughs> cd because it's so much music so <laughs> yeah yeah that that does uh that checks out the math works out there <laughs> <laughs> make it a uh, like a two-part album you know like put two cds in there remember those days you get like a you know a nice little box you got like several cds in one case come on jurassic what are you doing it's been it's been 30 years and we can still fit the same amount of stuff on a CD. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, there's, there is a lot of music in this film. Um, and specifically I was, I was finding, uh, before we dive into the track, like start off with the tracks, I was finding that, you know, throughout this portion of the film, there's, there is a lot of, um, stuff that's not on here. Like I was saying, you know, there's a lot as I'm watching through, I like to, um, as we're doing this analysis, I like to listen to the music a lot, and then I like to watch the movie, both kind of the theatrical and the extended, just to see what's going on with the music, hear how it connects to everything. And this whole portion just had so much extra music, even the a little bit of the portion we discussed last episode. Um, so it was really interesting to kind of connect the dots, see where things stop, see where things start, find out what's not on the score. And, uh, you know, it, it's been interesting because for a lot of this album, uh, the when you're watching a movie, it just kind of connects. Like, you, you finish one song, maybe there's a few second pause, sometimes a few minutes, and then it just cuts right into the next one that's, like, right down the list. So you can almost go uh, track by track and, and kind of compare it to the movie. But uh, things get a little different here, and you're <laughs> starting to wonder, like, what is this part? Is this something from another track that I've heard previously? Is it, you know, I don't know. Is it something completely all like different altogether? Is it so still something to come on the album? Because they did start to get a little out of order here and there. But um, it's an yeah. interesting part where I'm like, I'm kind of losing track of what's what. Um, because, I, you know, still right now, I don't, I don't know this thing by heart totally. You know, I'm not fully versed yeah. in this like I am, you know, with Jurassic Park or The Lost World. You know, those albums, 
had so few tracks. You know, there was like a handful <laughs> of tracks on there, and you knew them all front to back. Um, and yeah, certainly there was stuff on there uh, or in the films. You know, the, those first two films that were um, not on the the albums, but it was like much fewer uh, amount of tracks. You know, you and eventually we did kind of get those, but. Um, but you know, what you see is what you get for the most part in those old ones. But this one, I'm like, there's like, I already have 32. There's so many more that I'm missing. What's going on? And, uh, a lot of the stuff that at least is in between that I'm like, I don't know what this is. Um, it's subtle and it's not like, like really defined prominent music pieces. It's kind of subtle stuff that kind of blends in. And, uh, I was finding that a lot throughout this portion. There's a lot that just kind of blends in. Yeah, that's an interesting point that you bring up because, like, you know, the first three Jurassic films, I would say there's plenty of spaces in those films where there's not music. Um, and like you said, there's fewer tracks on those albums. Um, I mean, I want to say the Lost World album is like less than 20 tracks. I feel like it's like 15 or 16 or something. But um, <clears throat> no, I and yeah, 14, it looks like on the uh the original. yeah and and f- like you know eventually we got some of the extended like unreleased music from those scores and even then like there wasn't like an extreme amount of unreleased music um, yeah i think it i think it and updated, then i'm looking at it now i think it updated it to like 31 tracks so still less than this album <laughs> yeah well and i mean i think if i remember correctly i haven't listened to the extended lost world score in a while but like some of those tracks are kind of, I mean, they're kind of short or they're, there's not, they're not like a crazy amount of music, but anyway, mm-hmm. that's beside the point. The, what I'm getting at is, you know, you get to the Jurassic world films and, you know, Jurassic world, the first film is like wall to wall music. There is, there are very few places in that movie that don't have music. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, fallen kingdom there were you know relative to jurassic world there were more places in that movie that were silent didn't have music and you know i i think jurassic world dominion in the jurassic world trilogy is the film that has the most spaces that the most breaks i you would say it likes either silent or like not prominent music um and that's crazy because (laughs) there's so much music that was written and there's so much music on the album and there's stuff that is not released so it's it's crazy that's kind of how it's a good demonstration of kind of how the film music world has changed and how album like album releases in the film music world have changed a little bit too and so it's really interesting yeah and there is a, a pretty prominent moment coming up uh, in this portion of of the score, you, you there will be a portion where like, hey, in the movie, there's no music at all. So we'll talk about that. Um, but uh, anything else before we dive into the first track here? Do you have anything else to uh, touch on before we get in? I don't think so. I'm excited to get into the third <laughs> act. So uh, we left off. Where do we leave off? Uh, Dimetrodon a dozen. And I felt like... Yeah. Um, I felt like the, the the final portion of that film or that portion of the score was was kind of confusing. Things were a little jumping around. There was a lot of like I was saying, a lot of extra music in there. Um, but we got to the Dimetrodon portion, and then we cut in 
in or after that we get to the uh part where claire has the encounter with the dilophosaurus that has music i don't think that's part of this um but we jump to she shoots she scorches um and i was like all right in my mind when i saw this track i was thinking about the pyroraptor i was like ooh, that's gonna be like a pyroraptor mm. song uh but it, it's not <laughs> it's not uh but it was a nice thought at least so uh this is uh yeah. she shoots she scorches orchestra and some synths underneath yeah this is the part where dodgson starts to walk up to locust containment uh, to basically yeah. burn them up so the person's going to shoot them and scorch them and you know the rest yeah this is uh, one of my favorite moments in the film um, mm-hmm. I love the shot of the fire in Dodgson's eyes reflected in his glasses <laughs> with this score yeah Again, all this um, orchestra sounds very, very Jurassic World inspired. You know, it feels feels right. Just layered on with that um, with that synth work, so much. Yeah. Little break. Yeah. That part, I'll get to it in a little bit, but that sounded so Ghostbusters to me. <laughs> it's so awesome. And that's the part oh, where the some locusts Ghostbusters escape. Chords, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's where the locusts escape, and I feel like there's some visual comparison there. Oh yeah. Still got that synth pulse. Boom. Boom. Now there is a uh, a big change coming up in a little bit, I think here. Now we're with the trio and Maisie and the Jeep as they're dodging falling flaming locusts. So cool. That's awesome. Now we're we're teetering. <laughs> Good uh, observation, Maisie. (laughs) I feel like this is like so, it feels so Lost World inspired. It's so ominous. Absolutely. So good. Get ready. We're going back on a ride, though. (laughs) Yeah. So there you have it. And that's um, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, that's, and a, that's a super chaotic cue. <laughs> as so much, like, you know, 
bad, dangerous things are happening there. Um, and I, I like that it's chaotic because Malcolm is involved and he's, he's the chaos theory proponent. Like who could have guessed as you were driving down the road that suddenly flaming bugs would start falling out of the sky. <laughs> that's, that's bananas. Ooh. And it's all, that's, yeah, bananas. that's bananas. Yeah. <laughs> No, but the the music is just all over the place. Um, there's those high woodwinds sort of running up and down all over the place. It 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 re musically represents the chaos of the scene really really well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's that's something that just feels so Jurassic to me. And then you layer on those synth vibes and stuff, and it makes me question because I actually wanted to ask you about this. Um, it's it feels like recently in recent years there's been just an influx of synth work in you know in film stuff or tv stuff uh i just you you feel it a lot even pop culture like music and stuff like pop artists you'll hear a lot of that like 80s vibe coming in do you think like stranger things has really like paved the way for this to kind of open up this genre again and make it more accessible for you know film music and stuff like that it's funny that you said stranger things because like that i was about to like mention how like the 80s have become very popular again like people nostalgic for the 80s and mm -hmm. the movies and clothes and everything that was present in the 80s and stranger things is like a massive reason for that obviously um <clears throat> the score for stranger things is completely synths um pretty yeah. much um this last season had some orchestra if i'm not mistaken but it was kind of a mix um but uh you know, I don't know if there's like a because in Jurassic World Dominion, in my mind, the synths are there. You know, they're associated with the lab and the techno thriller aspects of everything. And in my mind, musically, they're sort of tying back to the synthy stuff that's in Jurassic Park mm -hmm. um, and sort of making a connection there. Um, so, I mean, I, that's why I would say they're present in Jurassic World Dominion. Um, but I I would definitely agree with you when you say that, like, there is what has been a massive uptick in synths in film and television and pop culture scores. Um, I don't I don't know if I can put a finger on the reason why. Um, as a composer myself, um, with a lot of friends who are composers, I know that, uh, like hardware synths have become very popular again like mm -hmm. and what that means for those who don't know is it's not a synth that's in your computer it's a literal piece of hardware that you can push buttons on and turn knobs and you know make music with <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> which is you know in in 2023 um you can do everything inside of a computer you don't necessarily need the hardware thing and yet those things have become very popular again. So um, I'm someone who I, I really enjoy making, you know, using synths and music. And I know a lot of people do. So um, I don't know. I also, you know, something else I would say is that, you know, synth, synth music fits a lot of the film and television that's coming out right now. I think it just also kind of fits because there's a lot of, there's a lot of sci-fi coming out right now. There's a lot of thrillers coming out right now. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> you know, nostalgic film and television. Um, and so synths fit all of those things and synths are really malleable, malleable. You can make them fit a lot of things. So, yeah, 
but I yeah. think you were I think you're definitely onto it. And this was something we've certainly discussed before about the the reference to obviously Jurassic Park, but just music film music of that era. It always seemed like uh during a certain period of time, uh especially even even back in like the seventies and, and stuff, film music kind of went away for a little while and and John Williams is really the <clears throat> kind of catalyst to bring that big orchestral score back. Um, but so mm -hmm. much of film was like just like synthy stuff or, you know, uh, disco or weird stuff like that for a while. But um, in the 80s and 90s, there was definitely that vibe. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of scores. I feel like. Um, so in I the know, like 70s the and 80s, um, the big synth scores are like, you know, Halloween has a lot of synth. Oh, yeah, yeah. The John, and that's, John Carpenter. That's, that's a lot of this too, you know. It's referenced a lot in this with uh, Therizinosaurus and stuff like that. So, oh yeah, even even another absolutely. track that we're going to discuss here today. So, um, yeah, that stuff is just so good. <laughs> yeah, well, and then you have you know movies in the eighties like Blade Runner and Chariots of Fire. Like those use a lot of synths, but they're it's not the same kind of synthy stuff as Halloween. So it's like it's always evolving. And then you have mm -hmm. you know John Williams and then. 80s and 90s sort of mixed synths and orchestra yeah. together so yeah yeah but it's always that intrigue <laughs> genre right like the or the thriller something you know there's there's always something about that genre that just has that that ticking you know because i think everything's about like hey this situation's kind of like a ticking time bomb and that's why you get that pulse of a situation like yeah. throughout with the score absolutely it's like, boom 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 i feel like the fugitive maybe had like a score like that it was very like yeah uh, possibly I, so I think in the 70s and 80s there was there was even more movies with synth scores just because it was also like that was a lot of pop and popular music at the time so it just mm -hmm. felt like this is the music we're listening to in our daily lives anyway like it just it sort of fits into the yeah. stories we're watching too and that's that's not necessarily the case anymore but um yeah, there are different situations for it. Yeah, so. and I just love that uh, you know between John Williams and and so many other composers, but John and and uh, Michael Giacchino here, they're they're combining the orchestra with the synths, and it just it works so well. So, um, but that was that's a yeah. Good I would and go ahead. No, I was gonna say sorry. I would I would love to you know talk with Giacchino or Trevorrow and say like, did you did you specifically like ask for sort of like synthy techie mm. type music to represent this intrigue and thriller stuff like what was that your mindset or was that yeah. just sort of a natural thing that happened like i would love to ask sort of what their uh <laughs> approach was so it all goes back to using that jfk temp track you know isn't that what it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh, yeah, I wanted to mention that Ghostbusters thing too. So in this portion, I think it's uh, right around here, we get this kind of uh, thing going on. So that, it, it just, it reminded me so much. I think it's uh, around, <laughs> let's see, I'm, I'm booting up Spotify here. I think it was like around here where we get a little bit of that kind of vibe from the Ghostbusters uh, score from uh, Elmer Bernstein. Oh, well, that's, that's, that is uh, for sure. Uh, what's his name? The Weekend. <laughs> let me, let me cue up the right track here. 
cut ahead. Alright, so it's around here somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that was that's just the vibe great, that I was getting. That's a great catch, Brad. Like, that's, and that is very similar. Visually, I'm thinking about, like, I, I forget exactly what happens. That track is called Gozer by Elmer Bernstein, not The Weeknd. Um, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> The Weeknd. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, I love The Weeknd, by the way. Um, but yeah. uh, that that score and that, that movie with Ghostbusters, it, that's the, the Gozer track there. And uh, it just reminds me of ghosts like flying through the air. There's that whole sequence where um, all the ghosts are released from the containment unit in the basement of the, uh, the firehouse for the Ghostbusters and just ghosts are flying everywhere and uh, just kind of swirling through the sky. And it reminds me of this moment in the film where the locusts are released. And that's exactly like the kind of same visual cue that you're getting in the movie where the music stops for a second and then you get that Ghostbusters sound and theme where the the locusts are just spiraling through the air and and Kayla's like that's not right or whatever she says and they're all on fire and uh it was just a fun little comparison that I noticed there while while listening back yeah I mean it's a big sort of flowy wispy trail I mean it looks like a sort of spirit flying out of the yeah. <laughs> biosyn facility. So. Yeah. Um, all right. So the next track uh, is called Giganotosaurus on your life. Now uh, this one, it just, when I'm reading that, I'm, it's evoking like something terrifying and scary. Um, it's not, not exactly what you get though, which is uh, kind of interesting. This is basically. So God. No, I was going to, just before we start, I was going to say this, I think this track might hold the record for most Jurassic themes in one <laughs> queue. <laughs> you Seriously. might be right there. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> because this is the family theme mm -hmm. from Jurassic World, but now it's representing Owen and Claire and Maisie. Um, and it's funny because Claire was like, I'm never having kids. And here we are. And then I love how it slows. Oh, this is so good. Jurassic Park hymn theme representing the big three. Ooh, little sinister. Yeah. And we get the, the raptor motif from Jurassic Park. And then we get the Indominus motif from Jurassic World. <laughs> <clears throat> and then you just get slammed percussion. Very much like the beginning of the prologue, it sounds like. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. This is when the Giganotosaurus is, you know, stepping towards them. I love that. You hear that? Oh, yeah. So that's so I think, you know, there's a lot of percussion there in that moment uh -huh. that, you know, people were banging on. But part of it sounds definitely to me like someone had a mallet or a bow or something and was like 
slapping the str- the uh, the strings inside of a piano and just letting it echo. Yep. So exactly, that is what I wrote here. I, I just I just wrote like the impacts <laughs> resulting in the vibrating piano chord. Like it's just like it's so awesome. I love that just vibration sound. I don't it's know perfect. what it's. I don't know what it's trying to tell me, but like visually from in the movie, but it's just it's such a cool sound, you know. Just to hear I think that. it. The word that always comes to mind for me is sinister, which I don't. You know, the Giganotosaurus is is an animal. I don't know if we know it has like sinister motives or anything at this point, but like, yeah, it, it just feels yeah. very scary. You know, I, uh, again, uh, hey, if you didn't finish this movie, sorry for spoilers, but I was watching the end of this movie again, and I I was, I was, got to that battle sequence, and uh, much like I did with the Indominus Rex, but for, uh, but a very different feel, uh, I felt bad. You know, I felt bad that the uh, Giganotosaurus got impaled uh, viciously mm-hmm. by, you know, resulting from that attack from the T-Rex pushing it towards the uh, Therizinosaurus. I just felt bad, because I'm like... Oh, well, that, I mean, it felt unnecessary. Like, uh, you could have just, like, lived peacefully. You could have cohabitated and just lived, <laughs> like, just go somewhere else. Just realize you lost and just move on. Um, yeah. You know, and I felt that way with the Indominus Rex. I mean, that was, in a different way, that was a creature that, you know, didn't know what it was doing. It didn't understand what it was. And, um, yeah, you know, while it did create a lot of havoc and ruin a lot of things, I, I, at the end of the day, I felt so bad for it as it was getting dragged down, you know, at the bottom of the bottom of the uh, lagoon there. So, uh, yeah, I just no, I totally, I totally get that. <laughs> um, um, we can we can talk more about that end scene when we get to that. Yeah, when we get uh, there, we're almost cue, there. But yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I wanted to point this out. I just thought of this actually right now because, um. You know, you mentioned that this has like the most Jurassic themes here, like that family theme, the JP theme, um, which maybe I'll touch on that first real quick. Um, this, I feel like, is the payoff of, of everything that we've been discussing and everything that Giacchino yeah. set up in the in the first Jurassic world. Um, you know, he's been laying these pieces, especially all throughout this score kind of showing how things relate, how these scores relate. And then this is the moment where it's just, hey, they transition beautifully, perfectly. They These two scores work so well together, and there it is right there. You know, those especially those first two themes, the family theme <coughs> transitioning into that, like, Jurassic Park theme. It's just so beautiful, and yeah. it works so well together. Absolutely. No, it's it's totally the payoff of everything we've been discussing in the last couple episodes, because like we've been talking about how these Jurassic Park themes are back and they're representing new things. They're re- representing the big three. Um, and that's what they're doing here. It's I mean, it is directly when Alan and Ellie and Ian come out of the Jeep and around. Mm-hmm. That's when the Jurassic Park theme is cued. And, you know, it's Owen and Claire and Maisie with the Jurassic world family theme straight into that. And, you know, I don't know. I've, I've, I mean, Alan and Ellie and Ian are almost like a, a ragtag family that have been, they're also three people who have been forced together by events that were sort of out of their control. Mm -hmm. The same way that Owen and Claire and Maisie have been sort of forced together by events that are sort of out of their control. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, those two themes go together really well. So, 
Um, and I thought I thought it was interesting that um, the like the four note motif, you know, that that uh, that beginning of yeah, it was at the beginning of the Jurassic Park score, um, right? No, no, that's it, no, that's the, no, that's the Indominus one. Um, it transitions into the Indominus one. Yeah, that one. Um, but I I thought it was like interesting because I it reminded me kind of of the. Uh, intro to this very segment <laughs> which is like i i edited oh, yeah, it yeah. together but like i i wanted to put like four note kind of as much as i could like four note motifs in uh in like the intro to this segment let me see I, let me see this whole play here yes Reminds me, I got so I got to update. Such a good edit. Such a good edit. There it is. It just reminded me of that connection. Where was it? That was in. Uh, let's see. This track here it was somewhere around here, I think. Let's see. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean those those two go together <laughs> extremely well. Um, That's so cool. I, I just I love those those you know uh, little motifs connecting there. That's awesome. Again, I don't I don't exactly know why. Why is the Indominus being used? There? I I <laughs> but, uh, I have a take. I have a take on that. Um, mm. So another little Jurassic musical Easter egg in that cue is the little you know low woodwinds going like running yeah. up and down like that yeah that's that's very jurassic park like that reminds mm -hmm. me of the music when ian is sitting in the back of the jeep in jurassic park and is like that's an imp impact tremor is what it is i'm fairly alarmed here <laughs> like yep. the just the low woodwinds running up and down it's it's a it's a very jurassic way to show like impending danger um <clears throat> no but so the the raptor motif and the indominus motif so um first thing i'll say that is funny is that in my musical mind when i hear these motifs you can almost put words with them that help you remember what they are okay so for for all the uh non-musician folks out there <laughs> so the the raptor motif from jurassic park you can remember it by saying like it's a raptor like it, it works it <clears throat> and then the indominus motif it's and it's funny that like they like they just happen to work like that because the indominus motif you can say indominus rex like it's perfect it works ah. <laughs> see and so I love it. it's it's so funny that they work like that but anyway um in my mind those are there because those motifs represent 
for the characters in this scene, sort of their their fear towards these animals, like the raptor motif, big three all over Jurassic Park when they're running from raptors. Um, and for Owen and Claire, especially mm -hmm. the Indominus motif, that's that's all over Jurassic World when we're being, you know, attacked by the Indominus Rex or we're scared of the Indominus Rex. So I think both of those are there because there's all those characters in that scene and they're both, you know, they're facing now a new large carnivore together. Um, and so it kind of, to me, those themes there together sort of represent all of their uh, fear, let's say, of this carnival yeah so. you know it's it's uh it's kind of this song is like a, a reflection in a way it's like we go from jurassic world with the family to jurassic park and then from jurassic park uh, reflecting back to jurassic world uh with the indominus yeah. theme it's like it's just showing it's it's the culmination it's everything coming together it's uh reflections of the past and the present it's uh it's pretty great stuff and it's it's like kind of like you're saying it's like hey we faced off against this once before and here we are mm -hmm. and uh you know the indominus theme is interesting it's just like you know they could have played a different you know a dominion theme or something else there um but they they keep going back to that indominus because i guess the maybe because the indominus <laughs> is kind of the catalyst to all of this in a way like uh, i mean sure mm -hmm. there were other factors at play but without the Indominus going going wild and and destroying everything, we might not be here, you know, at uh, at the Biosyn Valley, you know, that may not be a thing. I mean, maybe maybe eventually something would have happened along the ways, but it kind of was like the catalyst to hey, this is all culminated in this, and that's why it's here. And plus, I guess didn't the did the uh, Giganotosaurus wasn't that part of the DNA too? The Indominus. That's what I was about so. to say. Is Giganotosaurus. <laughs> part of indominus dna which is you know that's a cool connection um yeah and you know chaos theory something something's gonna go wrong eventually so yeah mm -hmm. and or yeah. jacchino's just like what would be cool here <laughs> <laughs> but i think you know as since we have all of these characters some new some old i think it's a cool way to connect them like you were saying, it's they're they're reflecting each other. So yeah, but that brings us to you know again another reflection of the past with the uh, Giga encounter, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like during the days of Jurassic World, we would have gotten a ton of score here, but luckily, thankfully, the score was kind of absent from this sequence, which was great because it was reflecting mm -hmm. that moment in Jurassic Park with the t-rex and you know the vehicles and the people hiding behind the vehicles and all that so that moment in jurassic park had no score there so this doesn't either so that's that's nice it had to it's be nice. it had to be silent so that ian could hear me yelling at him in the theater <laughs> run you idiot you're gonna die <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh i i i really like this next portion of the score here um ladder and subtract <clears throat> comma what's your what's your major malcolm function comma six degrees of evacuation so we've talked about this this like you know multi-track thing here before this one is a little less um noticeable i think than previous ones i've noticed like on previous ones you really know that there's a clear delineation between 
the the movements in the track. This one, not so much. Maybe you can help me define those moments. But um, but no, yeah, I would is... agree that there's less there. They these these three are you know they're those those three separation things are you know they're under some different scenes and moments. But like mm-hmm. if you're just listening to the music, they blend together well. So yeah, and I uh, I I, li- I had to sync <clears throat> this one up because it didn't exactly. Like as I was watching the movie, I was like, "That sounds a little different," and and it is just slightly. There's a little moment um, towards, I think, towards the end of the movement. Um, but uh, let's go ahead and play that one because this one kicks off right as soon as the Giganotosaurus lets go of the ladder. There's that Dominion motif. I love it. It's great. Um, and it's sort of connected with the Giganotosaurus here. Yeah. Now we have Malcolm with his flaming bug torch. Oh, I love it so much. It's very, this is a very like kind of, you know, a tribal uh, percussive moment and Ian's getting his spear yeah. ready to throw. It's. It's awesome. It's parallel to him waving the flare in Jurassic Park. Yep. He throws it. The tempo picks up. Yeah. That little moment is when Alan catches Ian. Yep. Some intense, heavy, very, very tough. intense. I love that heroic transition right there. When they get into the little station, yeah, yeah. This whole thing—I don't know if it exactly sounds that way, but it feels very like Dimorphodon shuffle, kind of like chaotic, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. This is my favorite part of the track. <laughs> the best. It's great. And there so we're using good. that Jurassic Park theme to represent the, like, it's the entire group now that uh-huh. have sort of gotten the Giganar source to walk away. It's like we have vanquished this thing for a minute. <laughs> Dodgson's theme here. So dark, so synthy. Yeah. <clears throat> I 
six degrees of evacuation because we're calling all the dinos into the sanctuary yep. thing. Very grand music for a grand wide shot of everyone going in. There it is. Yeah, and that the, the a... sort of dark synthy stuff right before that with Dodgson's theme is when if I'm not mistaken, that's when they're sort of in the control room area and he's like, doesn't want to agree to an evacuation. And then he has a mm -hmm. tantrum on the chair and all that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, it basically uh, cuts to them in the control center. But um, and it is. Yeah, it's in the the outpost for a little bit to the control center. The dinosaurs roaming around or trying to roam back into the interior of the facility there. There's a lot, there's a lot happening, you know, from, from mm -hmm. that ladder to dinosaurs coming back. It's, it's a, a major sequence there. Th three minutes and 49 seconds. It looks like. So, um, a lot, a lot happened there, but yeah. I, I dig that. I dig that a lot. And especially that, um, that like <clears throat> JP, uh, resolution there from the control room, actually in Jurassic park with the door locks, right? Like when, when, Lex finally gets the door locks working. I think they use that same like, like, uh, like they use that same piece. Jurassic Park yeah. theme as sort of in a in a triumphant way. Yeah, yeah. it's just it is so. so triumphant. Like it's funny how that 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 version the track can be so subtle and so soft with the piano, but then also so just triumphant and big. Uh, it's really great. It's really great. Yeah, I, this you know the moment with the scene there with the Giganotosaurus after them, you know, that's, that's one of, if not the most dangerous suspenseful scenes in the movie. And like, it's also one of the biggest bomb, most bombastic, most crazy musical moments too. So. Mm -hmm. it. That's it. That moment, just so... And it's the same... It's the same length. Because, like, it's not the same... Yeah. It's not the full theme, but it's the same length yeah. as it is in Dominion. It's so, so triumphant. So triumphant. I love that. And uh, the thing is, like, when I listen yeah. to it in, Domin in Dominion, I'm like, I'm hearing all of the computer noises and stuff like that, you know, triggering off. It's just so ingrained in my mind now, just hearing that in Jurassic Park. Um, but... What a great yeah. moment to to continue to use there, and I'm so glad they they brought that back. Um, but that brings us to our next Perfect. portion, uh, which is uh, where are we now? We're in the Ramsey, uh, and uh, Ramsey's the second, no more. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a you know that. There's a longer scene with Ramsey and Dodgson having a conversation in the extended cut that I think this music is also used in, if I'm not mistaken. There, there might be. So this is um, basically the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World crews heading into the tunnel. Um, and then there is a Do Dodgson and Ramsey moment having an encounter about, you know, hey, we gotta, we're, we're going to do this again. We're fi we'll figure it out. And then Dodgson talking about, you set me up like you did this this is all you um yeah but it's it's pretty quiet under like the dodgson and ramsey stuff 
You see the Barbasol can there? Dodgson's name. Not a lot happened. Where... <laughs> yeah, this, but this is where Dodgson is pissed at Ramsey. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Ramsey kind of turns him down. He's like, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not working with you anymore." And it's kind of—I mean, it's a—it's a powerful moment for Ramsey. Hence the big brassy percussive hits there at the end. Um, I like—you know—you have Dodgson's theme there for a second while he's talking about like money's easy to get. We can we can do this again, blah blah blah. But he, you know, he figures out what Ramsey did, and it, the music snaps into a different thing, like quickly like Dodgson does and he's he's all of a sudden he's very angry and in his face and the music is dark there those low mm -hmm. low woodwinds um and something I re realized listening to this track is that throughout the three Jurassic World films there's a lot of harp and celeste that's used to sort of uh, it's it's used to sort of demonstrate like danger and evil and it's supposed to be ominous and it but I don't know I when I think of evil danger and ominous I don't necessarily think of a harp or a celeste and so it's <laughs> I think that's a it's a interesting unique thing that is across all three of these films scores so mm -hmm. yeah for sure <clears throat> um yeah, I definitely get vibes of like I don't know if it was in in particular in that sequence where uh, they uh, Claire and Owen and the kids go back to the lab and they're like clearing it out. I feel like you oh, hear yeah 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 kind sure. of in there maybe um, it just gives me vibes of that moment. But yeah, not a ton happening. But if you if you watch it during the film, it is very quiet underneath. So it's basically just setting the tone. It's nothing really you know in your face, but. Uh, yeah. So again, it's kind of like one of these things where it's like, well, is it? Are, are we just getting like this kind of thing repeated a lot or not? I don't know. But um, but this one's used straight through. So, um, but that does yeah. bring us to the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World crew entering that control room to shut down those safety features. Um, and this track, <laughs> this track's called "Gotta Shut Down the Blah Blah Blah." So, <laughs> <laughs> love the titling here. This is an interesting one, by the way. Yes, it is. It's a totally different vibe. Star Wars, maybe? Yeah, this little... Yeah, this little 
theme slash motif we've got going here is interesting. It reminds me sort of, you know, it reminds me in Jurassic Park when we're sort of, you know, figuring out what we need to do. It reminds me in Jurassic World of when the ACU is getting ready and geared up a little bit. Mm. Well, you know, it's just, it's got that March vibe to it, right? And, yeah. uh, you know, in my notes, I wrote down, it's kind of like like the Resistance March, you know, and mm -hmm. I think the Force Awakens or... Uh, I got a lot of vibes of Rogue One in this one. Yeah. Same composer. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> there you go. Um, I did uh, grab uh, this Rogue One theme here because it does, uh, and actually the track is called the Rogue One. Um, oh, yeah. By Michael Pino. Let's see. There's a track, a uh, part of this uh, around one minute or so. Let's see, right around here. Just giving me vibes of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Or let's see, even maybe, maybe even this too, like kind of a, a resistance march or something. But this is a John Williams track. Yeah. But uh, it's just a March vibe. You know, it's just a March. <laughs> and it's always, like you mentioned, uh, you know, the ACU and stuff. It's very militaristic and stuff like that. Um, and in this portion, it's, it's very not really military related, but they're trying to shut down all those features. And uh, Yeah. It's very, we have to, we have to band together and figure this mm -hmm. out type of, it's, uh, it's got gusto. It's got, it's uh, pushing, pushing them almost, almost, uh, you know, it has the same energy they do. The music has the same energy they do to, to figure this out. Yeah. So, and one thing I, I realized while I got to the, and I didn't realize it here. I, I did write, write down some notes about star Wars and stuff, <laughs> but I was literally on the last track I was listening through again. And I'm like, wait, I think, I think the thing that I've been trying to vocalize about this score is that, it reminds me of Rogue One. I think it just reminds me of like Rogue <laughs> One. I don't know. It's got vibes of it throughout all throughout it. Um, obviously the same composer, but I I continually have touched on like oh it feels like this science sci-fi epic. Um, it just feels like that, and I can't vocalize what exactly which one it is. Maybe it's just Rogue One. I think that might be it because there's a lot of that vibe throughout it. So. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a works. lot of crossover between John Williams Star Wars and Giacchino Star Wars and John Williams Jurassic Park and Giacchino Jurassic Park. So, I mean, yeah, I, th I just feel like the vibes are very similar between those two. Um, yeah, they have to, uh, when they're in the control room, they have to turn the ADS back on because Denise turned it off. So, <laughs> Denise. Um, actually, let me play this while we're here. And I mentioned all that. Uh, so let me see which track was it? Jin Urso 
and Hope Sweet. If you if you have not listened mm. to the Rogue One score, it is fantastic. And the thing was written yes. in like three weeks, which is just wild. I was about to say, um, fun fact, it was written in like a month. <laughs> yeah, so unbelievable stuff. And it's it's interesting to kind of look at this score though and see where where the music has gone since then. Um, because Jakino was the really like the outside of like the animation and different stuff like that with Kevin Kiner. Um, but uh, Michael Giacchino was really like the first person to actually tackle like a, a film project and uh, in the Star Wars universe. And now we're starting to see other composers, uh, Ludwig Göransson and so many other people um, uh, John tackle Powell. the music. John Powell, yeah. Um, and who did the uh, music for Loki? Uh, she did the music for... Um, Natalie Holt. Natalie Holt, yeah. She did it for Obi-Wan, yeah. I believe. And uh, so, Nicholas Bratel did Andor, so... Oh, Okay. Um, I actually want to, I should go back one day and listen to how that compares to Rogue One. They're very different stories, but, uh, I want to kind of yeah. hear and, uh, and, and see what that's like. But, um, but it's interesting to kind of <laughs> see how that music has changed over time. But this one, uh, going back to this, this is, uh, Jin Erso and Hope Suite. And I, again, I, we, we, I made a big deal of this specific moment, um, in the Jurassic World Dominion score, but, it sounds a lot like that moment where Owen and, and Kayla are evacuating the plane after it crashed, and we've got that big sweeping score that we, uh, you pointed mm -hmm. out was part of uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, and then we get it here again, and it's just so epic. And then I was pointing out all kinds of other scores. I wanted to point out one more while we're at it, because this is by this, the exact person who did it. So uh, let's go to... Um, Around the one thirty mark here, I think, on this gin or so track. All right, so let's keep it. So that's pretty much it. I just, it just reminds me, you could hear, you could see them getting out of that, escaping that airplane in the ice. It's exactly the same feeling. Yeah, no, it's, it's so a, funny. It's, a, uh, it's good music for a precarious yet, you know, uh, you get to take a breath out because they survived the plane crash and they, they get out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's triumphant, but it's also sort of, I don't know. It, it also reflects sort of the, the darkness of the situation, but it's, it's interesting that you're making all of these connections to star Wars. Like, I don't know. I think it makes a good point about film music, which is that like, there are certain, certain instruments and thir certain things the orchestra can do that send certain messages. And I don't know. I think Giacchino is very good, obviously at, at wielding those things and using them correctly. Cause like, you know that that part from rogue one like i hear that and i can tell it's star wars just because it's it's a little more thick of an orchestra and a little bit more brass like and then the you know the jurassic park jurassic sure, world yeah. stuff is still orchestra and brass but it's just i don't know it, it's orchestrated a little bit differently like there's different numbers of strings different numbers of brass playing at that moment and so like but at the same time like the rhythms are the same. The brass feels triumphant. Like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. That's, yeah. that's why I just feel like these little individual moments throughout this score are kind of identifying <clears throat> with 
like that, you know, like you're saying, that brassier, that deeper, just you know, triumphant kind of sound. So it, it really reflects Star Wars a lot. Maybe I just want to talk about Star Wars and, and Ghostbusters <laughs> and things like that, but uh, this, I like to make this the This has been the uh, <laughs> Star Wars segment of the Jurassic Park podcast. Yes. Um, but... Jurassic, Jurassic Universe coming to a theater near you. <laughs> Jurassic in space. Space, uh... space dinosaurs crossover. <laughs> So that brings us to a bunch of uh, sequences here. Um, Claire and uh, Ellie are walking around the computer room, whatever the, the you know, whatever that is. Uh, it's all red in there. Server There's, room. Yeah. Server room. There's music in there. Uh, I don't think that's on here. There's music while Owen and Grant and Maisie are walking around. Don't think that's on here. Malcolm is feeding Ellie directions. Uh, why are they skulking? Uh that's not that's not here um but it picks up when and it picks up beautifully like there is there is music basically from that uh that gotta shut down the blah 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 song a track to girls can alpha 2 because that's the next one here girls can alpha 2 which basically picks up right where uh Maisie is you know throwing up the hands for uh mm -hmm. Or what's her name? Now where's my music? Let me get back beta. to uh, Beta. I love this, by the way. It's so good. Yeah, it's very good. A new take on the uh, Owen theme there. this by the way they almost they've the started theme. yeah and they started triangulating so epic what an epic build up here it builds so well yeah and to me it it sends the message of like this is a this is a big deal this is a revolutionary thing like people are controlling a raptor basically mm -hmm. like and and two people who have never done it before so I mean that's a huge moment that's a huge moment for grant because like yeah he's been terrified of these things for 30 years and he's like i'm i'm gonna overcome that and use this method <laughs> so you know what i'm i'm kind of i don't know if i'm just overstepping and connecting dots but i like to do that you know i like to kind of connect yeah dots. <laughs> but but jurassic park starts <laughs> with grant just brutally destroying a kid right that doesn't look <laughs> yeah. very scary and and then it culminates with grant learning from a child about these this triangulating you know thing here and putting the hands up and it is it's a it's beautiful synergy here for me and it's it's again that reflection of change and and uh these past 30 years and like he went from just brutally taking down a kid who who was wrong about velociraptors and now he he knows he has to listen to this kid. He has yeah, he has something to learn. Um it's awesome. You know, if you if you wanted to scare the kid, you could have pulled a gun on him. Um 
No, so you know, in Jurassic Park, Alan doesn't want, and he, you know, he brutally takes that kid down. Um, but by the end of the movie, he sort of is like he he takes the responsibility to take care of Lex and Tim, and so I feel like over the thirty years of this story, like we get to Dominion, and he's like, I'm gonna, I'm finally gonna like commit to Ellie one one, and then mm-hmm. two, it's like. I'm my mind is open now to, you know, seeing what knowledge Maisie and Owen have to offer about raptors. Like I'm not I'm not he's not like stuck in his way anymore necessarily. So which is which is a good thing. So, yeah, it's beautiful. I really, really dig it. And I just I feel like when we talk about these scores and start listening to them and just it gets me so hyped and and start thinking about random connections and sometimes we stumble uh, upon some really fun stuff um but uh yeah that brings us to um a sequence here where ellie and claire are fending off the locust there is music there i don't think it's here it doesn't seem to be on this score um yeah but uh just real quick um yeah i just wanted to say like the the owen or the owen and blue theme that you hear there in that Mm -hmm. cue at the beginning like that's that's quite possibly my favorite musical theme that has come out of this trilogy yeah. and like i love i love the continuity that we have gotten with it <laughs> like it is every time it's used it's it's appropriate and it's perfect like and there it's like it's owen and Maisie and alan and they're they're encountering and controlling a raptor which is exactly what that theme means and so i guess what i'm saying is like i'm i'm grateful that like Giacchino did that so well, like it's, it's perfect. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. While while we were just listening to that, I was, <clears throat> I was trying not to interrupt it too much, but I was just thinking like, I want to just blurt out that I love this, this, you know, this theme so much. And like I said about something earlier that like it can be used in such a subtle way and a new way, but also chasing the dragons. It's like, so awesome and just so epic and exciting and and adventurous you know yeah you have you have this instance of it in girls can alpha too but then you have uh it's like herding parasaurolophus which is the big grassy western version so exactly yeah oh it's so good so so versatile fantastic stuff um and it brings us to uh saliva and kicking um (laughs) (laughs) i uh so like after I saw the movie a few times and I like started listening to the score separate from the movie, I got to this track and at first I was like saliva and kicking. Like what, what, what does that, what does that even mean? <laughs> like I, I couldn't make the connection, Yeah. but then I realized that it's the saliva of the Dilophosaurus. Yes, so. <laughs> it is. It is a gross title, but we're going to, we're gonna go back to it, and again, this is um, those horror vibes returning. That kind of Michael yeah. Myers esque kind of synthy stuff, just pulsing, feeling like it's from a Halloween movie of some sort. It's awesome. And it's such a claustrophobic moment too in the film, you know, Dodson leaving that hyperloop, but then all those those bursts of smoke and there or air or whatever and him just going back into the hyperloop thing and 
such a great visual moment and i love the <clears throat> the blue I love, light and stuff like that oh it's so good yeah i love that nedry died dropping the barbasol can and it's rolling and then dutch and meets his end <laughs> dropping the barbasol <laughs> can and it's rolling yeah Yeah, like, this is pretty minimal instrumentation, but it's, yep. like, very suspenseful. and screaming into into the night <laughs> i love that yeah it is so good and i i really love when he he crawls back into that thing and there's a dilophosaurus coming up from behind him and you're seeing the reflection in that window in front of him yeah so the reflection as the reflection's coming closer one bursts through that window and it's just such an awesome moment of having one in front of you, you've got two behind you. There is no way out. There is absolutely no way out of that situation. It's it yeah, so and uh oh who does I'm blanking here. Um when when Malcolm and Dodgson have that heated encounter in the control room. Dodgson. And uh Yes. And oh he <laughs> he he references Malcolm references Prometheus, doesn't he? Well, who does he say? I don't remember. Um, here it is. You can take care of it. Thank you, Doctor. That's it, huh? Nothing else to see here? Uh, I'm not sure I admire your tone right now. You need to leave. Yeah, I do. But first, I owe all these folks an apology. I think that by lending my cachet to this joint, might have made it seem as if biasin wasn't rotten to the core. That's enough, Ian. See, here's how they get you. They give you so many promotions in a short period scene. of time that it bludgeons your capacity for critical thinking. Oh, my God. So then there are doors that you don't open, things that you ignore. But mainly, he's exploiting your enchantment with these. Is there an actual concern here, or are you just... You're racing toward the extinction of our species, and you don't care. You know exactly what you're doing, but you won't stop. You can't. You know, I thought you might be different, but you're just like everyone else. You see what you want to see. You imagine unchecked avarice. So that's what you find. You envision what? An evil, unbound Prometheus. So that's what I am to you. Prometheus, God. There we are. So there it are is. you, you rapacious rat bastard. Ramsey, <laughs> you help Dr. Malcolm. I love it. I love his, it. His room and then to the airfield. So that's good. It. So good. That's awesome. So he compares him to Prometheus there. And, you know, the ending of the Prometheus myth, like he gets pecked to death by by birds, basically. Ooh. Okay. And so Dodgson, in the end, like he is surrounded by <laughs> dinosaurs, which are birds, and he basically gets like uh, it there. It, it felt like there was a little bit of a parallel like there that. to me because like. 
he compares him to Prometheus and then like he meets his end surrounded by these sort of hooting, pecking, dangerous birds. So <laughs> there you go. That that is uh again a great comparison. I love I love it when stuff <laughs> yeah. like subtle stuff like that happens in the movie and it's like, hey, we, you gotta watch this thing a lot to really fully understand and grasp everything instead of just like throwing it aside. You saw it one time, I'm good. Uh, yeah. you really gotta <laughs> take a deeper look. Um, but yeah, that that built a lot of tension. That whole sequence, um, obviously resulting in his demise, uh, which is great. It was a great demise. Um, but we get we try to get a little bit of redemption after that with wooing for redemption. Oh yes, such a good track as well. Owen and Grant and Maze are in an elevator. Kayla's in an elevator. Finds a copter out on the, uh, you know, rotunda there somewhere. Yeah, there's there's a very deep musical thing that I want to point out in this track. Oh, after we okay, to it. great. We're marching again. Yeah. Love that. Oh, so good. <laughs> Alright, so listen closely here. This is when Wu shows up. It's always him. He says it's okay. Listen here. Do you know what it is? <laughs> Do I know what it is? I'll tell you what it is in a minute. Okay. <laughs> I wrote I wrote down a note for that portion, but okay, maybe, okay. Not, maybe not what you're thinking. I just love how it's... I'll get to it in a second. <laughs> Quiet bombastic again. Yep. When they run out in the sanctuary... This is fantastic music. So grand. So big. Yep. or the wrecked shows up yeah yep <clears throat> great great stuff very lost world vibes here so good yeah
Okay, so all right, let's go back. When the heli- <laughs> when the helicopter lands there, you have that ba da ba da. That's that's arguably the Jurassic Park theme, which is or part of it, which is cool. Um, but yeah, go go back real quick to that when when Wu first shows up. So I think, let's see. Yeah, there's fine. Yeah. Very creepy. Very ominous. Mm -hmm. Fallen Kingdom vibes here a little bit. Absolutely, you're you're on the right track. <laughs> so listen closely here. So stop it really quick. Okay. So that is, and you know, I would just because of what it is, I would say it was probably intentional. Um, but you know, whether it was intentional or not, um, that is a, you know, the beginning of the, the fallen kingdom theme is in a minor key. It's very scary. It's very ominous. That moment right there in that queue is a major key major interval major uh version of the beginning of the fallen kingdom theme and so okay to me to me that represents the you know the title of the queue is wooing for redemption so to me that sort of represents sort of a a you know a redemption version of the fallen kingdom theme in the in a in association with dr Wu. it's like you know we're we're saying it's okay for him to come with us. We've forgiven him, for lack of a better term, for these crazy things that he's done. Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's that that to me sounds like a major version of the Fallen Kingdom theme okay. or the beginning of it. So I I really like that. I dig that because I was on I was sort of on that track, but just because I was <laughs> thinking, I love how it sounds like this like minor start. You know, it sounds it's in a minor key of some sort, maybe. I don't know. Uh, and it just... It is, yeah. It's, it just slowly transitions into something so much more hopeful and major sounding. Um, Absolutely. I, just, I love that. Like the beginning of those that, that two-part phrase there. Do, do. It just like really grows into something hopeful. And I, I feel like that's that wooing for redemption. You're trying to go from something bad to good. And uh, I just... It stood out to me as something interesting. Let me see. Go back to it. Yeah. So, so if you listen closely in that first little bit, you can hear the cellos going, which is the beginning of the Fallen Kingdom mm. theme. So okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely get that. Oh my gosh, amazing, amazing! So, I I love, I love, I love it. that. I so I love subtle. it. We've we've so talked subtle. so much about how much we love the <laughs> Fallen Kingdom score and those themes. Yeah, like, and they 
like that is absolutely the greatest way to use that to like morph it into his redemption so that that score uh let me see i don't know exactly where it is but uh this might sound a little loud let's see where we're at in the fallen kingdom score no not there i would go so go to uh there not there Um, go to um what is it called neo jurassic world or neo Ooh, what okay. is that last yeah, yeah the neo jurassic age yeah that's what it's called because when the fallen kingdom theme starts in that queue it's the same well this is actually very similar right here this whole portion without the uh absolutely over top yeah And this portion is similar to a cue at the end of Dominion that we will discuss in a minute. <laughs> and, I mean, it's also similar to the end of Dressel. Oh, yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, I I love this. Yeah, we're going to we're going we're gonna to discuss how those cues parallel <laughs> that I wrote. I, I think I wrote something like that portion right there just sounds like the dust has settled. And it's like mm-hmm. we are That's in exactly the rubble what of, of what this film is. And oh, it's so good. Uh, all right, so that was wooing for redemption. I, there's so much going on there, so so much subtle stuff, some bombastic stuff, epic sweeping stuff. I love the fade out, the jungle. Oh, it's, it's just all over the place, and it's awesome how it all works together so perfectly. Um, and this brings us to a, a a major battle sequence, right? We've got battle royale with reprise, uh, comma six days, seven. Denouements? Is that the is that a word? Uh, it's denouncements. I don't know. De, is it? De, oh no no no! It's uh it's denouement. Oh. It's a French 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 term for uh <laughs> like the the climax of a yeah story, the ending of I a believe. story yeah yeah something like that. I did look it up at some point because I'm like I don't know what I just wrote down. <laughs> Dominion motif. so intense amazing again so many lost world vibes from this as well yeah Alan, Ellie, and Ian are standing there in a trio looking up at the Gigabyte Earth. Dominion motif. Yes. This is just like complete face off, just sounding. Oh, I love all this.
the Rex lying dead for me. I love, love this, this symphony, symphony right here. So good. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Like you just showed up oh. back from the dead, baby. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that the Rex sort of like kicks the head to make sure it's dead there for a second. <laughs> and then it's triumphant right here. Yeah. You like feel the comeback. You it's know, a, you feel it. Yeah, uh, like, well it's oh. you you swell and then you you get like, oh, you can breathe out now. You've been yeah. holding your breath into this Jurassic Park theme there. So basically, this is the the six days, seven to nap, Dino Mods, or whatever he said, the French word. Um, the crew is leaving on the copter. They they're at the airfield. Reporters talking, all kinds of stuff. So. <clears throat> literally owe me a plane that's where Grant and Sattler kiss right there one of the most romantic kisses in all of cinema <laughs> that was spoiled well in advance <laughs> boom we're gonna hit that vamp that uh that jurassic park or jurassic world love this moment jurassic world coming theme, to yeah. the end of the movie oh was it nine to survival job moment like in that movie mm -hmm. absolutely it's a, like like you said with with like owen's theme it, it's such a beautiful thing that they that michael giacchino created this is another one of those moments that's just like mind-blowingly good you know in all the movies yeah. that he, he uses it. You don't, you don't get a nine of survival job moment at the end of Fallen Kingdom, but you do at the end of World and Dominion. Oh. Yeah, and I think he's he's used it a few times maybe in this film, if I remember correctly. I don't remember. Yeah, at least. At least, yeah. It's just such a great way to end, you know? Absolutely. It's not the end of the film, though, but it's yeah, a great way to a end a track, at least. <laughs> That is just great. And there's, there is, again, they could have been two separate things, but with the, with the way the film flows, uh, it works so well together. But that beginning portion with the battle is out of control. Like it, It's such a emotionally diverse... Well, there's a lot of emotionally diverse tracks, but that's definitely one of them. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. The percussive you know, nature of that, that whole battle sequence is awesome. The timpanis... That's the vibe I'm there for. Like I love that. It's just so you can you can feel somebody winding up and just boom, 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 <laughs> boom like just like hitting them so hard. Yeah. Uh, I know they're not, but it just feels like it. You know, it's like I'm watching like King Kong or something. You know, like a battle's about to happen. It's just like, oh man. No, totally. That's what I was gonna say. Is the that timpani when when the Rex pops up back from the dead? It's like, it's very. I mean, 
for lack of a better term, it's very stereotypical. Like we're we're rising up, getting ready to yeah. battle type music. It it very much you know it's similar to something like King Kong or something for sure. Yeah, and when I but, I mean, and it's you know Jurassic doesn't necessarily always call for stereotypical type stuff, but in uh-huh. that moment it works. <laughs> it works. It in works. that moment, it works. I was I was watching it again this portion of the film, and I'm like. I just had such a great appreciation for the moment that the Rex got up and you don't really see it getting up. You see it awakening like the eye opening up. And then the next shot is just the Rex just, you know, just behind the uh, Giganotosaurus. It doesn't know what's going on, but you just see that Rex and its eyes staring down. It I is love so that mad. It is an incredible yeah. shot. And I just, I, I had to keep pausing it on it. Cause I'm like, Whoa, that is just, so good. I don't know that I noticed how good it was before this. Like, oh yeah, um, and it's the Giganotosaurus, and then the the Rex like rises up behind it in the background. Yeah. Like, it's just it's amazing. Um, and it's even better with the extended cut of the film yeah. because of the parallels. Oh. So, um, I can't get over yeah. that. Is my favorite addition to the extended cut? Is is the prologue, a, yeah. a, a, a no, not even not even just the prologue, but that half a second flash of lightning to the prologue oh yeah yeah you know like yeah flashing back to that moment is my favorite and you see her with the with those with trees the, from the yeah. you know and it's just in that moment i realized that the sculptures that are in that whole rotunda area are reminiscent of those trees from the past it's like something that kind of went yeah. over my head the first few times or you know until i got it on on you know the extended cut and i was like it just went over my head but when i saw that i was like oh my gosh it all makes sense and it's so beautiful yeah um and then it gets up and it just gives the most evil stare down you've ever seen i know a lot of people don't really <laughs> like the battle stuff but um but i don't know i get hyped i get real hyped it's, it's the, like it's it's, it's the awesome. culmination narratively and musically there like mm-hmm. it's just the biggest baddest moment of yeah. the film almost and, so. and it's like towards the end of that battle you've got our very own like rocky-esque kind of like come from behind <laughs> win moment yeah you know you i can imagine the therizinosaurus Therese, picking up the rex like yo adrian you know like it's just awesome <laughs> it's just such a great moment um but that other portion is just great as well you've got jurassic park stuff you got some nice softer <clears throat> you know string moments and stuff and just chords that feel reminiscent of uh you know family themes and and jurassic world yeah. vibes and and it just blends right into that that you know the jurassic world theme ending there which is just great i love it anytime yeah. that's used i love it Whew. but we're, we're winding down on the film itself uh yeah we've got two more tracks from the film and then two uh, yeah. other ones as well but we've got ao kayla uh, which is great. Yep. So this is uh, starts off with Grant in Washington, you know, just buttoning up, getting the tie a little straight and stuff. And uh, it's just so beautiful. Oh. We got Wu walking out in the field and Kayla getting a new plane. Yep. The Rex is in the Biosyn Valley. Yeah. Owen driving out the Baloo at some point. Like, it's... <laughs> Also nostalgic feeling. I don't know. It just feels like it feels like a score from like the '80s or something. Like it's a score of like you know 
just nostalgia to me. I don't know. Oh, absolutely. It's very, it's very big and emotional. Extremely hopeful. Yeah. Just very, very hopeful. <clears throat> really nice fade out there. The one, the one sort of connection I would point out in this track, I suppose, is like when in, there's that moment in the melody there when it goes ba -da -da, ba -da -da -dum, that that feels like a like a cousin of the Jurassic World theme to me, mm -hmm. just because the Jurassic World theme is like ba -da -da, and that's like ba -da -da. It just feels like it's, you know, we've been talking about connections and how these things fit together really well. Like, yeah, I feel like those are those fit together well. So I I feel like, yeah, it's just like I I don't know. Something about it reminds me of just like nostalgia in the past. It just feels like, wow, we, we've gotten here. We're at the end of it all. We're looking at, you know, these two Rexes from the past <clears> and <throat> seeing maybe our final shots of some of these these heroes that we've gotten, you know, and uh I don't know. I I don't know if it made me feel like I'm saying goodbye to like ET or something in that moment, but it's just <laughs> it's a very it's yeah. a very nostalgic moment. It's a very poignant moment. You know, it's it's not often in Jurassic films that you have these moments at the end that are you know fully fully hopeful with this, you know, you have a f female voice on the top there also. Yeah. Yeah, there so, was like a yeah. sound like a single voice there or something. I don't know. I don't know. I just put on ET the end credits cuz it just reminded <laughs> me of like I don't know. This is just piano, but <laughs> oh, I feel like I just said goodbye to ET. It's very I mean, it's very open. It's, it feels very in a way. Yeah. Oh, and it's so it's good. hopeful for sure. Yeah. But it uh it leads us to our last track of the film uh itself, which is all the Jurassic World. All the Jurassic rage. World's a rage. Yeah, which is like kind of misleading of a title, I feel like, but uh, so you know, this is what we were talking about a minute ago. Yes, the dust settling moment. This exact, you know, this exact melody and progression and line with the strings and the brass and all of that is at the end of every Jurassic World movie. But with the addition of that really deep string instrument there, like that's yeah. the difference, you know? Yeah. It, and it's, yeah, I should say it's, it's different, slightly different instruments in yeah. each film. In Jurassic World, it's, it's a brass instrument here. It's a string instrument, but it's sort of that moment where Owen and Blue are face to face for possibly the last time. You also get Maisie on, on tape there too. Um, yeah, with the older and then the older Maisie. There's a lot happening in this um, in this track. Yeah, I think the the Maisie stuff comes <clears throat> up here or somewhere. At right here, yeah. Yeah, oh, just imagine. I can hear her talking, petting that. Uh, what is it? Uh, that she's Microsur petting Microsur yeah. Like, yeah, it's 
it's sort of a an evolution and an expansion of some of those musical moments from the beginning more with Maisie and all of that yeah. um, and it's also similar to some of the stuff with Ellie Part of the Fallen Kingdom theme here. Oh yeah, we're gonna get crazy again though. Love this. We're seeing the new world we're living in. Seeing all the different transitions. So epic. So, so good. <clears throat> I know Ceratops and elephants. Oh, oh. Such a good ending. That's oh. Excellent. Man. Excellent. So, so powerful. So epic. Like, for this... All the Jurassic Worlds are rage to me means, like, this this uh this feeling this uh technology these animals have spread all over the world mm -hmm. so yeah yeah it makes more sense i guess at at the end when you've you see all the different sequences that they're showing like the mosasaurus floating around with some whales the horses yeah. and the parasaurolophus <clears throat> and um and the yeah the elephants and the or Sinoceratops, whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. And Pachycephalosaurus, you see the, that the was Quetzalcoatlus <laughs> and all the birds. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. It was just such an awesome ending. And then to have that, like, yeah, that setting sun, you, it looks like it's like a shot of Africa or something. It's just an epic ending. Uh, mm -hmm. And it ends on that bang. It's just so good. So, so good. Yeah, the so the the trying to find the notes um that's you know we hear part of that when ellie gets out of her car at the farm um okay. and that's also reminiscent of some of the stuff with Maisie and charlotte in the beginning of the film yeah um well so yeah because i guess they, this they feels are like connected sort of a, right yeah this sort of feels just like a, a an evolution and a culmination of of all of that mm -hmm. at the end so yeah because like when we're hearing it back <clears throat> you know with ellie stepping out of the vehicle and and standing up there it's like you don't really get the full sense of what you know jacchino's trying to paint this picture of and once we get yeah. to the end of the film you've got the full story and you see those things you know relating and absolutely how the locusts relate to this dna and and Maisie and everything and i'm still i still gotta figure it all out but there's so much yeah. that connects and it's like it's great to see it all co come to a culmination there and mixing those things together oh, i love it yeah i mean ao kayla and this cue um like are you know we're showing the culmination of the story with Wu releasing the locusts and we're solving that issue and Kayla gets a new plane and um, Charlotte yeah, is talking uh, about the technology in the world and Maisie and like so we're hearing all of sort of the music that was set up earlier in the film and we're getting the 
the full version of it, so to speak, here at the end with the resolution of some of these plot lines. So yeah, I love the happiness on Kayla's face as she's uh, you know, given that her her new paint uh her new plane a new paint job, which is just it's great. Mm -hmm. So um great track uh and yeah at the end of the movie all the, the all the jurassic worlds are aged so leads us to uh, a title of larry curly and mo um <laughs> let's go i i can tell you what that means <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is perhaps one of the best arrangements out there of the Jurassic Park theme into the Jurassic World theme. It's, yes, it's beautiful. Sir. Oh, listen to that. <clears throat> yeah, and here we get, you know, some of that music from Aokela and all the Jurassic World's rage. Yep. This is a very, in the other Dress World films, you get a very brassy, triumphant version of this thing, but this is a very subdued, emotional version with strings and winds. So the title, Larry, Curly, and Moe, which for those who don't know, those are the three stooges. <laughs> um, Moe Mo is all caps, M-O-E, because it means main on end, Ooh. Which, which in the music, film music world, that's, you know, that's when the main theme come, comes back for the credits. That's what that means, yep. basically. Put it in a basic way um and in my mind the other connection uh is that larry curly and mo is sort of a, a famous trio and in dominion <laughs> we have a famous trio of alan yes. ellie and ian so so yeah, yeah you you enlightened me there that's a nice uh call to you know film music and stuff which is fantastic i didn't even think of that and then i, I think it's mind, a really unique way to say main on end for sure yeah <laughs> absolutely because this picks up as soon as the credits roll like this is the first song yeah. you hear it's very subdued you know a lot of times you get something big and exciting but this time you know the end of the saga it's very subdued but i love that kind of uh allusion to you know alan ellie and uh and ian too so it's uh it's nice it's fun um and so much is going on there again it's got that nice classical 
film score not not classical but like classic film score sound yeah. and i i just love it it's something about that aokela bits in there i think it's just with that that vocal performance in there i don't know if, what it's reminding me again i'm like blanking on what exactly it feels like but um maybe it's like casper the movie you remember that movie i don't know if you uh saw that <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um, um but yeah james horner um no, I I think you know you have the the female voice on top there. It just makes it 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 makes it sort of ethereal. It makes it hopeful for sure. It's very very big and and sweeping and um it has it has hopefulness to it, but it also has finality to it also. Mm-hmm. And I think I think it's extremely cool that we have a piece of music that we can hit play on and listen to that has part of the Jurassic Park theme into a new theme from dominion into the jurassic world theme like it's it's so cool that all of these things are are uh arranged together and they yeah. work really well and it's just it's gorgeous so I'm, I'm just yeah i'm just so grateful like you were kind of saying before i'm just so grateful at the end of all this that like jacchino laid these stones to say like hey these are themes that like they're brand new themes in jurassic world they sound familiar, but you don't know why. And then it's just like, well, you get to this movie and it all pays off. It's just so beautiful. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah. I think we've said this maybe on the first or second episode, but like bravo to Michael Giacchino. It's so cool that we, that we got the, the privilege and the, the gift that is having the same composer on all three films yes. oh my gosh. and like getting to have the continuity of, style and continuity of music and continuity of themes like that's a that's a really awesome thing so and he yeah. he just knocked it out of the park absolutely yeah you know every time i talk about this movie and and the ending and culminations it just gets me all emotional you know i'm like thinking of the <laughs> yeah, end of, of everything so and especially you know this year being the 30th anniversary man it's gonna feel weird it's gonna feel weird but yeah. uh, we have it was one like last. Twenty fifth anniversary was like yesterday. <laughs> I know, right? Oh my gosh! Uh, our last track here is "Sweet, Sweet Dino Revenge." Uh, this is a nice, <laughs> a nice lengthy one too. Uh, just about yeah. nine minutes, and uh, and sweet, sweet is spelled S U I T E. Sure, yeah. Which is in reference to the fact that this is a suite of sort of a bunch of the themes from yep. Jurassic World and Dominion. So. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot here. Um, you know, a lot of repeated stuff and stuff that we feel like we've heard before, but it, that's what a suite is, you know? The beginning of this is so awesome. Yep. This is the most complete, fleshed out uh, instance of the Dominion motif, the Dominion idea is in this track. Um, sort of on a organ or a a mellotron or a synth it could be a synth type thing here but it sounds like an organ so it sort of tails off and yeah when it tails off you really hear that underlying synth down there oh it's fantastic this is the moment where around this score where I was like oh I think this score is a lot like Rogue One (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha
so big. It's almost out. See, for me, the moment that was the moment where I, I thought about Rogue One because that that build up leads to I feel like in Rogue One it leads to that moment where Vader just absolutely destroys everybody. And it's like that flurry yeah. of like but it doesn't do it here. It does something different. <laughs> yeah. We get we get Biosyn's theme again here. Yeah. So many good themes in this movie that are absolutely. brand new. You know, that's not we've got a lot of repeats. But so many brand new themes in this movie that are just brilliant. Yeah, the Biosyn theme, I think, is my favorite new theme in this score. Here we go. It's so, like, intriguing and mysterious, but also, like, beautiful yeah. and majestic at the same time. I love this flurry here. Oh, yeah. So good. This part, they cut into the credits suite in the actual theatrical. Like when you're watching the credit, you're hearing this. Yes, yes, that's true. There's that bit again, that theme that we hear first when Ellie gets out of the car at the farm. <clears throat> this is the complete theme, though. I don't know about you, but to me, I've kind of decided that this theme represents sort of Ellie and her mission 
to like mm-hmm. figure out the, the locust issue and take down Dodgson and Biosyn. Sure. But, Epic version Again, of this is awesome. Yeah, so epic. step thing is i mean to me it's a tie to the jurassic park theme oh for sure here's the stuff we got in the beginning of the film with that that's associated with easy and charlotte Thing that's not often in these Jurassic Park or Jurassic World scores is that solo cello like that. Yeah, so that Maisie and Charlotte stuff sort of builds into this, which is the Aokela ending type bits as well. squirrel solo cello and this is possibly the first time it's ever been on a solo cello like this mm-hmm. it's very emotional it really adds weight to it history Absolutely. you know That's it. That is it. It's like the end of the... I mean, the end of the Jurassic series 
for now is, ends on the Jurassic Park theme on the harp. No, so. that's I think that's it. There's no more ever. That's the last we're ever going to hear <laughs> of a Jurassic score. And it ended beautifully. Like, honestly, like, yeah. listening to that, I almost, like, it, it almost makes me not ever want to hear any more music because <laughs> it was just such a beautiful ending, you know? And it's like just hearing everything culminate right there and ending on those uh those few notes it's just so beautiful and every it's just the way that i would want this to end but you know i'm now i'm like well of course i do want to see more stuff obviously i do want more but i'm like i don't i don't want you to tarnish this beautiful moment here that we just had on that score so you know it's okay. Maybe it'll be a great score coming up next. But uh, hopefully Giacchino's I mean, yeah. <laughs> involved in some way. Who yeah, knows? I mean, so it's... Or, or you. We can have it's you do very, it. very... Have you do it. <laughs> or, or me. I would I would love to. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other conversation about future Jurassic <laughs> composers. But um, sure. what was I going to say? Uh, no, this... That final track on the album um it's it's just so so touching and emotional like it's it it represents so much like it represents a lot of the themes in dominion which is we're trying to protect and treat nature correctly and we're you know i mean honestly uh female empowerment is represented in there really well because Mm -hmm. you have these themes for Ellie and Kayla and Maisie and Charlotte. And, but you also have the, the the park and Jurassic world themes, which are, I think the most emotional to me, just because, you know, this has been part of our lives for 30 years. And it's, that's what those themes represent is those things. And so, when you hear when you hear it on the harp with such finality like that, it's 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 an appropriate way to end it. A, that was the correct musical choice. So yeah, absolutely. I was uh, you know listening through, and I'm like, I'm really really hoping that Giacchino ends it and resolves it. I was getting you know when I'm when I'm listening to it for the first time, I'm I'm getting nervous that like it'll end kind of unresolved. You hear that a lot. Like you hear the the notes will, you know, harken back to the past and then it'll it'll cut it short and you want to feel that resolve. And luckily he gave us that resolve and it finished it, finished the sequence out. You get that, you know, the, the resolution of that specific theme there, which is good. I'm glad it didn't cut yeah. it short. <laughs> yeah, I mean, compare this to the final track on the Fallen Kingdom album which is like the most bombastic thing you've ever heard in your life. (laughs) I know. Yeah. So, yeah. It's a, it's a good way to end. I mean, we've, we've looked at so, so many tracks uh, over the course of this three part series here, looking at Jurassic world dominion. And uh, you know, I, I mean, there's some that are certainly uh, not as, intense or or not like there's one track i think on this one that we did um 
where I was like, you know, it's just mostly like, you know, stuff we heard or whatever. There's not a lot going on. But outside of that, like everything is so intriguing and so uh, interesting to listen to. And I said it during that suite that there's just so many great new additions to this score, so many great new themes. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting <clears throat> to have, you know, to get through that suite and to feel so emotional based off of 99% new music. You know, like that is, they yeah. just hooked us at the very end with a little bit of Jurassic world and then the ending of Jurassic park. And it's just like everything else was, was new music from this movie that is is making me feel emotional. And uh, I love that about this music that, you know, it comes in six films (laughs) in and gives us some really valuable material to, uh, to listen to. So I'm very grateful for this. Those, Those last two tracks on the album are, a good representation of the score because it's it's all of this new music and new themes that we've gotten in Dominion with with classic Jurassic themes blended in and some Jurassic World themes that we already knew blended in and I think you know that's a good this is a good representation of the Jurassic World franchise when it comes to scores because you know Jurassic World's score is tons of new fresh stuff with just very very little jurassic park classic references mixed in and then with fallen kingdom you get a little bit more just you know he he gives us a little bit more to like keep us keep us satisfied (laughs) with a bunch of great new stuff um and then dominion the dominion score has the most classic jurassic references in it but it also has like you were saying, a ton of new themes and new music. Um, and it's all blended together um, and and culminates in this uh, those final two tracks there. But that's that's like a good representation of the scores for this trilogy is like fresh new music that feels Jurassic and it works well. And then you're able, Giacchino is able to seamlessly blend those classic Jurassic themes in, and it feels, it feels emotional. It feels exciting. Um, it feels final, but um, it feels feels great. Um, like he, like I said a minute ago, he he knocked it out of the park with these scores. So yeah, yeah, we're super lucky to have who have to have gotten you know three really great track uh really great um scores uh fallen kingdom i don't know between this and fallen kingdom it's a you know fallen kingdom has been my favorite of the the uh the the first two and uh this is a this is a you know a contender i think for being right up there with fallen kingdom for me it's so so good and um you know we're super lucky that we got all this stuff and this one just feels yeah. so nostalgic. It's looking back to the past and uh, resolving that past, and and um, you know thinking about how, like you, you mentioned, like the impact of of things in the world, and that's what the movie's trying to tell us. And it's just it makes it conjures up a lot of things, I think, in your mind. And I'm glad that they, you know, waited to use the full big three for the final film. Like that was, I think, a good idea. Of course, I would have liked to have seen them all scattered throughout. Yeah, maybe, but like this is such a great way to cap it off, and musically yeah. speaking, to have them all together there, uh, it's just so good, just so good. 
but yeah uh, absolutely um and you know an interesting thing to think about is like another interesting thing is that we're here in dominion we're getting we're getting themes brought back from the second movie fallen kingdom like mm -hmm. that like the parallel of that would be if in jurassic park 3 we got like direct themes from the lost world <laughs> which is which doesn't happen so that's that's another really interesting thing you know and the jurassic park trilogy is is a different thing than the jurassic world trilogy um the dress and mm -hmm. that you know there's nothing wrong with either of them like the way they are but like the jurassic world trilogy has a lot more overarching connection which and so i think like it's it's fantastic and it makes it helps it helps it work better to have a continuous connected score that continues these same things because it gives i don't know it it helps the audience connect to the characters emotionally and it just it just uh you know it solidifies the connection between it all the music yeah. does so yeah absolutely <clears throat> i think uh this has been really fun first off looking back at all this yeah. stuff and doing this these has been great. episodes um i you know i i definitely think there's even more room in the future if we want to tackle this again and and talk about other things from this movie that we didn't get a chance to sure i think there's plenty of room to do that we, we got to think about what we should tackle next because like we've only tackled think... minimal <laughs> amounts of jurassic music over this you know the course of this segment so we really got to get into some other yeah. stuff too there is there are some fun things we could tackle like uh <laughs> the lost world or jurassic park so yeah yeah absolutely so again it's been fun thank you so much for joining me on this journey through jurassic world dominion uh where can everybody find you and your work and everything that you're doing uh online yeah man thanks for having me this has been great we've got like hours of material here now <laughs> seriously like yeah uh, what has it been like oh six to eight hours somewhere in that range probably material yeah <laughs> so if you got a road trip put yeah put us on put um, these three episodes on <laughs> no so uh yeah i'm on all social media <laughs> at caleb composed uh you can listen to my music at caleb Bermit caleb burnett music.com and uh you can subscribe to my uh toy unboxing jurassic toy unboxing youtube channel uh jurassic caleb on youtube so yeah absolutely i feel like there's going to be some good stuff probably on the uh on the youtube channels pretty soon right yeah there's just it feels like recently oh yeah we're getting to that stage of like <laughs> all right now i'm starting to get a little reinvigorated here with the uh the metal stuff and the the you know the merchandise so i feel like for a little while i was like disconnected from it I, I wasn't really attached but now i'm like okay I, i'm starting to see the path forward here this is gonna be they're good, they're so. reeling you back in <laughs> they're reeling me back in this is all good well so i can't uh, wait to check no, out your stuff there but it's it's jurassic park's 30th year and who knows what we're gonna get as who far knows? as toys and merchandise go so <laughs> got some ideas but uh it's gonna be great yeah. it's gonna be great so we'll, we'll have to talk about jurassic park maybe maybe we should do that next uh for the 30th Since that's, that's the a 30th anniversary yeah 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 well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you have not listened to the other ones, definitely go back and check them out. And uh, I'm sure we I forget what we have, but we have other Dino Score segments out there, too. So definitely check those out. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you on another edition of Dino Score, the music of the Jurassic franchise. Thanks.
Thank you so, so much for listening to the 344th episode of the Jurassic Park podcast. Uh, as always, a huge thank you to Caleb for joining me uh, in this segment here. I absolutely love Dino Score, and I love being able to look at these scores with a, a huge Jurassic fan, first off, and uh, somebody who is so knowledgeable about bringing scores to life and uh, everything that goes into them. You know, that I think is a, a great combination uh, right there. And to be able to look at these scores from so many different perspectives, I think it's great. And I am so, you know, I'm so bummed that we're done looking at Dominion's score because those final notes, uh, when they hit and we were listening to them, I'm telling you, I got so emotional, got so uh, just hyped up about it. And, and I, I loved listening to it. Um, I think... Uh, you know, Caleb and I were talking about it after the recording about how, like, oh, people might say that we're like fanboying all over this uh, score. And yes, we are, but I genuinely love this music um, from Jurassic, well, from all the way at the beginning, from Jurassic Park, but specifically talking about the, the world trilogy. I love everything Giacchino has, has been making. Um, and it just continually gets better, and it's so much fun to analyze and look at. And I love, like we were saying, that we have, you know, the same person making these scores and connecting these dots. It's been beautiful to look at and to listen to, and I thank Caleb for joining me on that ride there. But again, if you have not heard the other episodes, please go back, listen to the whole series. There's got to be, like, somewhere in between, like, six to eight hours worth of content uh, listening to these scores and talking about them and uh, analyzing them. So thank you so much for uh, listening along with us and enjoying this. And uh, it's been a fun ride. So, of course, we've got more episodes coming up in the near future here. So stick around for all those. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned for 2023. And I think we might have to tackle Jurassic Park score. I think it's time. I think it's time we actually do the movie that started this all. Uh, let's talk about that score. We'll do that sometime soon. But before we get out of here, I did want to do two things. Uh, first off, I want to give a shout out to Carlos. Uh, I know uh, it sounds like it was your birthday just recently. Happy birthday, Carlos. Sorry for the belated message here. But uh, just wanted to send you a birthday message here because... Uh, it sounds like you're a really, really huge Jurassic fan. I received a little tip here that says you're a big Jurassic World and a Jurassic Park fan and you love the toys. And, uh, you know, I do, too. I really love the toys. I love playing with uh, my Jeeps and my dinosaurs and my human figures. It's so much fun. So I hope you had a great birthday and I hope you're celebrating Jurassic. And guess what? Jurassic Park is 30 years old this year. That is that's wild. So uh, you get to celebrate a birthday with Jurassic Park this year. That's awesome. Uh, I hope you had a great birthday. And uh, keep loving Jurassic Park. Keep loving Jurassic World. And uh, there's going to be a lot to look forward to. So hope you had a great one. Uh, next up here, I did want to give a look at a review over on Apple Podcasts. So uh, this one comes from, let's see, this comes from ECD Studios. Um, and as always, I give a shout out to anybody who leaves a review here on Apple Podcasts, five star or not. Uh, this comes from ECD Studios. This was uh, left just recently. And it says in the subject, sad y'all don't upload much. <laughs> And uh, the, the review itself says, y'all should interview more people. There you go. That's the review. That's the five. It was a five-star review. So we, I guess we upload enough. If you gave us five stars, I really appreciate that. Um, but look, here. Here's the thing. 
Uh, you're sad that we don't upload too much. Uh, hey, we upload, um, you know, every two weeks, once every two weeks. Um, and, uh, you know, recently with a, a little bit of burnout and just maybe not a ton going on Jurassic-wise, uh, we decided to cut it down to, you know, basically two episodes a month uh, every other week. And it's still a lot of content. I mean, look at this week, you're getting it. It's over two and a half hours now at this point. So that's a lot of content. But um, but yeah, sorry, we're not, we're not uploading as much. And I know, uh, you know, it's changed a lot of people's schedules out there for listening to podcasts and such. So apologies for that. But uh, it's been nice to kind of sit back and relax a little bit easier, uh, especially here in 2023. I know I have not been doing the uh, live streams as we crossed over to this year. So we will be getting back to the live streams and who knows, maybe with some more time and, uh, you know, some more news and stuff like that, maybe we will get back to the uh, once a week format that we were doing for literally seven years straight. Uh, <laughs> so there's seven years worth of content out there. So if you want to go back, start at episode one, it's not my favorite, uh, you know, content from from those those early days. But if you want to go back and listen to it, I'm not going to stop you. But uh, there's a lot of content that we have on there. We have a lot of live streams and other things over on YouTube, which uh, up until 2023, where we're doing the live streams every week. Um, but uh, but yeah, a lot to check out. Check out. We've got like, oh my gosh. I don't even know how much content on YouTube. It's it's absurd. It was like 14,000 hours or something like that last year, I think. That's a lot of that's a lot of hours. Uh, so, yes, and I agree. We should interview more people. Uh, you know, I, at one point, I I planned on having a lot more in the way of interviews. Um, we've interviewed some really great people over the years. Um, whether they're just Jurassic fans or people who've worked on the films, uh, we've really gotten to some really cool stuff uh, over the years. And uh, I'm pretty proud of all the uh, great interviews and things that we've had. But, uh, you know, they do take a lot of time and energy. <laughs> to, first off, to set up, to work with the studios or management or, you know, whoever, uh, in order to get these uh, awesome people on the show. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, I definitely got to get back on that. Maybe this year with some downtime and stuff, it might be a little bit easier to set things up. So I'll try to work on that on our end. But uh, I know we do have a lot of really great content coming for you here in 2023. So I'm looking forward to that. But, uh, but yeah, thank you anyway so much for the review. Uh, love the feedback, as always. It's always great to hear. Um, so thank you, ECD uh, Studios, for leaving a review. And, again, you can go ahead and leave a review over over on Apple Podcasts. Just leave us a uh, five-star if you want to. That would be great. Write something in there, and we will read it here on the show. Uh, but that is all we have for you, so love everybody out there. Uh, happy birthday to Carlos. Uh, stay safe. Be kind. Let's continue to fight for representation, change, and equality. It makes a huge difference, and um, it'll make this world a better place. I swear. I, it definitely will. We've got this. I'm going to go ahead and hand it off to myself for the outro. Take it away. Saddle up. Let's get this movable feast underway. Be sure to give us a follow over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod, and myself, at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram, at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So be sure to follow along. Also, don't miss our live streams 
toy hunts, reviews, in-depth bonus content, gameplay, event and theme park coverage, and much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of most episodes, so be sure to spare no expense. Find us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode's show notes, articles, contributor bios, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or send emails to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Make sure to be kind to everybody and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.